Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can now find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? It is a resource community built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. This is the future of investigative learning, networking, and resource management. You can interact with some of the best investigative minds in the business in our community section. Our private investigator resources also have a robust learning section packed full of free training webinars, audio teachings, and helpful articles. Many teachings offer CLE credit. Our data resources section features over 225 free OSINT resources. This site is also designed to create a private personal resource library for your use when you do research. We have partnered with some of the best investigators and businesses in this industry to provide benefits and discounts to our members. We have over $1,250 worth of discounts and benefits available exclusively to members of the community. For less than 49 cents a day, you can access this amazing resource tool. Download the Investigators Toolbox app available on Android and iOS or visit our webpage at investigators-toolbox.com. The best private investigator resources and this amazing community are only a few clicks away. Delft Point keeps on advancing. The commonality search is here. The new data is unlike anything they currently offer and will go in depth into your target's assets and relationships. Use them on everything from jury research and associate connections to business investigations and fraud cases. You don't want to miss these. Visit DelftPoint.com for more details. Sign up and use code PIP20 for additional savings. It's another PI Perspectives and today we welcome Daniel Watson from Watson & Associates. Matt and Daniel met in Arizona a few months ago at the State Association Conference. Daniel has a unique perspective on truth verification and the technology behind it. That's right, we're talking lie detection today, I promise. So truth seekers, it's time to join the guys. Please welcome Daniel Watson and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspective. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, today we are in Arizona and we are welcoming Daniel Watson to the program. Daniel and I met a couple weeks ago, I guess, wow, it's probably over a month now, probably closer to two months uh, at the Arizona uh, conference. And Daniel's got a really cool product that he's uh, marketing. I took a little test and we're going to talk about it. Uh, uh, Daniel, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you? Good. I'm great. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on. Yeah, no problem. So Watson & Associates is, is the name of your business. You're like truth verification consultants. That's uh, that's your specialty. Um, it is in the realm of lie detection. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into the business? Okay. Well, I started in 1977 as a military policeman in the Army. And I, I, I worked patrol duty and field duty and investigations for quite a bit of my time. And then also some undercover drugs while I was in the military. And then I got out in about 82 and then went to work for the Tucson Police Department from 83 until 93, 10 years. And with them, I was a patrol officer mostly. I did do investigations with them and I was on their SWAT team. Mm -hmm. And then in 93, I moved to Utah, started going to work for the Kane County Sheriff's Office where I became a detective for them. And I've pretty much been a detective uh, since 1993. Wow. And we got into iDetect in about 2016 when it was first coming out. Mm -hmm. 
and started using it. We had used other lie detection uh, products, but we didn't find them nearly as accurate as I detect. Okay. So you're in law enforcement, somebody demos this product for you and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. Let's give it a shot. And how long ago was that? Back in 2016. Okay. All right. Cause it is relatively new technology, right? It is. Yeah. They, they first came up with the idea back in 2002 and they didn't actually get the technology like lined out until 2012. That's when they actually started doing the real papers on it and doing mm-hmm. the field tests for the technology. Right. And then they rolled technology out to law enforcement in about 2015 with Salt Lake City PD being the first U.S. agency to, to roll it out. How did you end up now becoming, uh, wearing the other shoe on the other foot? How'd that happen? Well, I really believe in the technology. I've seen it used a lot. And it's simple technology. It's non-invasive. It's highly accurate. Um, 91% accuracy on single issue tests. Uh, polygraphs in the high 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's even on single issue tests, more accurate than the polygraph. And I really like the people that work at the company. They're helpful to us investigators. Um, They have support. And so I retired just this last August and finding myself with nothing to do and being close to the company. I said, Hey, how about I, I go to these conferences for you because they sent their tech guys, not police officers. Right. So police officers were talking to tech guys and I more speak that, the law enforcement lingo. I have actual uh, field experience using it, in, you know, as a police officer. So they said, yeah, we'd be happy to have you do it. So they, they support me in doing that, even though it's my company that does it. That's a great point that you bring up, right? That you have the background in um, using it out in the field. So you're able to articulate your own experiences of, of how it it was helpful and came in handy. Wow. that, that That's a really great uh, testimonial you're you're walking testimonial essentially which is pretty awesome Uh, yeah you know i mean i talk with defense attorneys prosecutors private investigators law enforcement officers so it kind of keeps me in the game a little bit right you know yeah that's that's great keeps you still fresh right still on your uh on your toes and i'm I'm sure you've you've developed um lots of relationships over the years you being in the field and and all that and uh it's probably good to see some old friends right yeah i was just at the sheriff's association in utah and you know, so many people came up to the booth and, and, you know, they were like, Oh, I thought you died. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, it's really been helpful. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm working on some contracts with some Utah agencies uh, based on the fact that I knew the people and they knew me. And, yeah. you know, so my reputation as a police officer kind of preceded me in some of them. Awesome. Awesome. That's really great. Um, so the, yeah. this software, it, it's based on, on reading the pupil, right? And there, there's some other stuff to it. So tell me a little bit about that. So it's ocular motor, um, which is the movement of the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the additional polygraph is physiological, which is um, uh, skin, pulse, respiration, those things. Uh, were, is this is, again, motor ocular. And so what they found out was is that when the human brain, when somebody has to think of an answer, that puts them under cognizant load. So when they ask you a question, if it's the truth, you don't have to think about that. It's the truth. But when they ask you a question and it's a lie, then you have to think about it. That puts you under a cognizant load and your eyes dilate just a little bit. Right. And they, they have some pretty sophisticated camera equipment and it monitors the eye about 60 times a second and uh, measures it, continually measures your eye. And uh, so at the first, when it first came out, it was only doing eye dilation or motor ocular. But, but then over the years, 
this because it's scored by a computer algorithm. The computer algorithm uh, kind of caught on to that uh, when people things that are consistent with people on this test that lie is that they blink less, right. that they t- tend to fixate on words less, that they answer the questions faster. And so all of there's like 13 things now that the computer algorithm puts into it, not just the eye movement um, that the computer has sort of seen over the years. And so um, each one of those has less of a percentage of the whole overall score than the eye. Sure. But each one of them adds something to it. And that's, that's where they get the really high um, rate of uh, conclusion is, is based on so many different things it looks at now. So imagine if they had this technology at like poker games. Oh, <laughs> it would it would end it. There'd be no more professional poker. <laughs> There's only been one politician that's actually taken this test. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was a. It was, I can't remember his name right now, but he actually wanted to take the test. I don't remember what the question was, but yeah, if uh, if politicians got on this box, it, our world would change pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there's more than just politicians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's some exactly. some folks are thinking like about their spouses, right? <laughs> we need to get them on this well, machine. Therapists do use it when they're working with families, you know, husband and wives about yeah. cheating and things like that. Wow. Probation uses it for sex offenders for both baseline and continuing you know, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing on their probation or parole. So it's actually used by the therapy wow. actually quite a bit. That is interesting. You would think that it would only be used, you know, for, for criminal purposes, you know? So what are some of the things that you've seen change since 2016 to now, as far as the technology goes? Well, originally they had designed it for testing people to see if they were suitable to work, you know, like, like there, uh, it was a screening test to see if the people were honest to right, like integrity, right? Don't hire this person. Their, their pupils are all exactly. going, going crazy. <laughs> exactly. They would fill out a form and then it would ask them, you know, you, you told us on this form, you didn't do drugs. Is that right. true? You told us on this form that you didn't steal. Is that true? So it would, you know, you can pick and choose the questions you want to ask them yeah. in the integrity screening. Um, and that was developed mostly in Mexico and South America because you can't do that with civilian companies in the United States. It's against the law to polygraph your employees pre-employment. Right. So that was mostly developed down in Mexico and South America. Um, and so that's where they got all of the tests from. It was down there. And then they brought it back up here. It's available in like 36 different languages. Wow. That's pretty So and to answer your question, it changed from being a screening test for people who are trying to prove that they're honest to go to work mm-hmm. to single question uh, law enforcement types. Like, did you kill that person or not? Or did you stab that person? Or did you shoot that person? Right. Did you that woman? So it's kind of developed into that. And then yeah. the accuracy has gone. And now they actually have added the polygraph side to it. It's called I detect plus where they actually do all the physiological monitoring mm-hmm. and it's scored like a polygraph. So it's a polygraph that is scored by algorithm instead of a human polygraph examiner. Yeah. I guess there's, it's a lot less subjective, right? To, it, if it's, Absolutely. if it's more, you know, it, what, what the AI says, I mean, you, you can pretty much, uh, you know, keep it consistent, I guess would be the way to do it. Right. It is that the scores are consistent. So, you know, there's a lot of different polygram examiners out there. There's a lot of different doctors and there's different levels of each one of those professions, just like sure. any profession, right? Yep. Things I like to say is, well, you know, what do they call the guy that, that graduated the very bottom of medical school? 
They still call him doctor. <laughs> they still call him doctor. Yeah. So regardless if you were the last guy in medical school or the top guy in medical school, yeah. you're still a doctor. Well, if you're the last guy in your polygraphy class or the top guy in your polygraphy class, you're still a polygrapher. You're right. And there are really good polygraphers out there. And I don't want to slam polygraphers because this, yeah. this is developed for them as much as for anyone else. Yeah. It seems like it's just another tool to use, right? But there is a lot of inconsistencies in the scoring sometimes mm-hmm. and they do on that and uh and you know continual training but with with an algorithm you have absolutely the same judgment on each one so the consistency is there from the first person you test all the way to the last person because you don't get tired there's no initial bias there's nothing um it's not subjective it's absolutely not subjective yeah, maybe the polygrapher doesn't like the shirt you're wearing or something. He finds it offensive. Yeah, there's those stories out there. So. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so we're going to take a break here. When we jump back in, I, I want to talk about how this relates to the investigator, uh, the private investigator, and how they can utilize this technology and, and really put it to work. And uh, you know, let's, let's talk about some cases, some case studies, um, experiences that you've had and what you've seen and uh, really uh, open this topic up. So everybody sit tight and we will be right back. Crosstracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with Crosstracks now a little over a year and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that their encryption system is second to none. And you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that and they have. So you know with certainty your data is being protected. I don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 Type 2 certification. As you guys know, I've been uh, you know singing the praises of Crosstracks and uh, I really believe in this product and I believe you should check it out. Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. In 2019, Investigation Education Consultants added a new affiliate in its never-ending quest to provide quality professional investigative training. IEC is now offering certificate courses and investigative training online. Our website, IECOIT.com, will soon offer a certificate in professional investigation for those interested in entering the investigative field. There'll be standalone investigation classes for those seeking continuing education credits, CEUs, or just interested in taking classes for their own personal or professional interests. The classes currently available are Foundations of Investigation, Legal Investigation, Criminal Investigation, Fraud Investigation, Background Investigation, Interviews and Statements, Skip Tracing Locates, Ethics, and Report Writing. Investigator Toolbox members will receive a 20% discount off the listed price. So visit IECOIT.com. Are you a member of NCISS? Do you know what this great organization does? The National Council of Investigation and Security Services was formed in 1975 to keep a watchful eye on legislation that affects our industry. Now more than ever, there are data privacy and DMV issues popping up all over the country. Consider joining and supporting this much-needed watchdog for our industry. Learn more at NCISS.org. 
Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine, Robert Freed and Dr. Henry Lee Grace to Cover. Available online or via hard copy. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today we're here with Daniel Watson from Watson & Associates. Daniel, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Okay, so we are talking eye detect, uh, which is this cool software um, in lie detection. And, and uh, you're a truth verification consultant and uh, just some really, really fascinating cool technology. Uh, so before we took a break, um, I, I teased and talked a little bit about um, how this is uh, relatable for private investigators and and when should an investigator consider using this type of technology uh, out there. So let's jump right into that, man. So what, what okay. are the case studies? Um, let's not talk specifics. Let's just say in general of, of why a investigator would want to use this type of technology. He would want to use it if he's not absolutely sure of the reliability of either a witness or a, um, a client, mm-hmm. um, especially like defense attorneys. Um, they would bring someone in to, if their client's having a hard time, uh, they would normally employ a PI to, to do the background on the guy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if they have a witness and there's just something off about him and they want to make sure that this person is telling the truth in their story, because they're going to be presenting this person's story to, um, you know, to as part of their investigation. And if it's a bogus story, well, they want to know that. And so a lot of times investigators kind of just, you know, there's just something not right about this guy. You know, the story just doesn't quite add up. And this would be a good way to determine what the problem is with that story by putting them on eye detect and verifying their their witness statement and, and things like that. That would be one one reason to do it, right. just to verify the testimony before it gets any further down the road. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a useful tool. I mean, um, explain the process to me then how it works. Let's say... Um, you, you meet an investigator at one of these conferences and they say, you know what, I would like to sign up with you um, and use this product. Um, walk me through the process of how that all works. Well, so I am a certified um, proctor, which means I can give the test like a, like a polygrapher can. Mm-hmm. But I also, um, I also sell the technology to individuals and agencies. So if you're a PI, I'm sorry, if you're a private investigator, and um, you're looking to um, expand in the field a little bit, or you have, uh, you keep having cases where you think this technology, the investment in this technology would be good for you and your agency, then I would come in, I would show you the technology. Um, you could purchase the technology uh, from me. I would train you on it. Right. And then support. Uh, the, thing about, the thing about this technology is, it, it, unlike a polygraph, you know, you're not training somebody how to read the results. We're just teaching them how to, set the person up on the computer, how to operate it correctly. Um, and then it gets the, the technology gets sent off to Utah where it's analyzed, then comes back to the computer and then it's printed out in a form basically says this person's truthful or this person is not. Um, and then there would be the follow-up interview um, based on if the person was truthful or not. And that would be the private investigator's job to follow up on that. Right. The big that we would probably want to be involved in is the question because polygraph examples will tell you that uh, the most important part of it is a good question. You know, you only might get one shot at this person uh, being on the machine and you want to ask them the correct question. So it can't be like a question that would be like, you know, I was thinking about doing something or did you consider doing something? It has to be, you did something or you didn't. 
And so, and sometimes how we ask the question, you know, did you murder that person? That's not really a good question because right. murder is something that, you know, that's a subjective thing. You know, we would get right down to brass tacks of, did you pull the trigger that resulted in that person's death of the gun that resulted in that person? Did you stab that person in the chest resulting in his death? So we would ask them, you know, as short a question as possible mm-hmm. to get to the verdict of the, of the question. And, um, and then they ask that question a couple of different ways. Um, and we, on, we also have non-relevant questions which, in which they have to lie. So basically that question would be, in my whole lifetime, I have never, um, I have never lied to anyone or I've never falsified you know, anything. I've never told a fib. Well, that, that would be a question where the, the machine would see you telling a fib or telling a lie and be able to monitor your eyes. And then it would have a neutral question, which would be like, Two plus two equals four. Right. And you would answer that true or false. And then the, the machine would then get a baseline of what of what your eyes were. So it has relevant questions um, that you lie to, relevant questions that you're telling the truth to, hopefully, and then and then non-relevant questions, which are just a baseline. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think a tool like this would, would be very useful to for like a, a certified fraud examiner or a forensic accountant somebody who's, you know, trying to put together where the embezzlement happened or, or something like that. I, I would think something like this would be potentially a game-changing tool for you, for somebody like that, right? Yeah, especially if you're doing screening tests, like you have some sort of embezzlement or some sort of theft where there's multiple suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can weed through all of the innocent people pretty quickly with this because it only takes about 15 minutes, 20 minutes to do the test. Right. So, you know, if you have eight employees and they were all at work that day, you know, um, you can you can run them through this fairly easily um, and get down to the matter of the person that's not being truthful about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, That and actually happened in the case. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and hopefully the guy's name's not Kaiser Soze, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that guy can talk his way through anything. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, you, you, you're about to give me an example on a case. Well, there was a case that um, out of out of Mexico City that uh, somebody had embezzled about two hundred thousand dollars out of a bank, and um, there was a multitude of employees. So what they decided to do was to run the majority of the employees through uh, eye detect to weed out the ones, and then it ended up being two employees that failed the eye detect out of all of the ones they put through. Two failed it, and then they ran them through a polygraph. Um, and one of the two failed the polygraph. And when you either pass or fail both of those tests, an eye detect and a polygraph, you're looking at a 99% probability that the, that, that is the result, 99%. Wow. That person that failed both of them um, later admitted to the, the fraud and the embezzlement. Yeah, so you, it's a screening tool. You, you got to think that, you know, as soon as they, you know, you, you fail one, okay, or you fail two, it's like, Okay, the jig is up. <laughs> it's time to fess up and cut myself a deal, right? Yeah, and sometimes it's up to the employer what to do with them. You know, the the, the private investigator, he just finds out what the truth is. Right. He turns that over to the employer, and it's up to them to decide what what they want to do with that information. Yeah, it's all super fascinating stuff. And I, I guess um, this would be good for, for workplace investigations as well, right? Um, 
human resources and, and things of that nature when, when you got somebody accusing somebody else of doing something or being inappropriate or, or whatever, right? You got to think that this tool would be useful for that too, right? Yeah, we used it in a case where a couple of juveniles were in high school and a boy and a girl and they were wrestling around in the parking lot. And um, the girl went home afterwards and told her mom, you know, I was with this boy and, and they were friends. They knew who each other was. And while we were wrestling around, he inappropriately touched me. And I just don't feel good about that. And the mom said, well, we're going to report this to the police. And the girl didn't want to, but mom insisted. So they reported it to us. We went and interviewed the boy and talked to him. And he said, no way, didn't, didn't happen. And so we put him on the, the eye detect. And he's, I think, maybe 15 or 16 at the time, underage. And, um, and asked him the question, did you touch her? Uh, inappropriately and he passed passed with flying colors yeah. so we then asked the second question the follow-up question was could you have touched her in a could you have touched her and not known it in other words they were wrestling around right so he touched her without intent or without knowing that he touched her and and he said well yeah i, I could have touched her i just didn't know or you know i i right. didn't know i was touching her on the you know we were wrestling around so yeah i could have touched that part of her body but I didn't do it on purpose and I didn't know that I did it. Then we went to her and asked her the same question. Is it possible that he didn't know that he had touched you? And even she said, yes, I, I, I think it's possible that he didn't know that he had touched me inappropriately. We were just wrestling around. Right. So we brought the in and we talked to the kids and the parents and, and everybody was, was okay with that, that particular um, ending, right. you know, that, that the, this kid didn't have a juvenile record and he didn't have to go through this big thing. And the, the, the girl and the boy actually are now friends still. And the families are still friends. It didn't tear everybody apart. And basically it kind of answered the question right up front. Did he do something on purpose? Right. And knowing is in the law. It has to be knowingly. And he didn't. Right. And so the machine saved us hours of, of man hours trying to investigate that case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing that, uh, that was able to be used in that way. Um, so I, I, I'm sure like one of the major questions an investigator may ask or is probably thinking right now is admissibility, you know, like, so here we're talking about these, these situations where this stuff was used, but the, at the end of the day, if it comes to, you know, a courtroom and what's admissible and what's not admissible, how does this technology stack up um, on that? Well, it's, it stacks up more, more accurate than the polygraph um, by a little bit. Um, but it's newer technology, so most people are familiar with the polygraph, so that's kind of like the go-to. Right. Um, it, it has been introduced and accepted into a court as evidence in New Mexico on a sexual abuse case, and it was the defense attorney that introduced it. And um, it's also being considered in, in Utah. Judges are taking that the eye detect under consideration on cases. Mm-hmm. Um uh, mostly because the, what they're doing, what, what they found out was, is that if you do an eye detect test and the person passes it, and then you do a polygraph and the person detect passes that, like I said, that's a 99 percentile that that person's telling the truth. Right. I mean, witness statements, I mean, witness, you can't even get witness that, that good. You know what I mean? That there's a 99 percent probability that they know what they're talking about. It's yeah. just hard uh, because it's all you know, it's a little bit of subjective going there. Oh, yeah, sure. Especially, you know, you got a trial that's taken place three or four years after an incident happened, you know, you're never going to remember with a hundred percent certainty on things. Uh, they got right. all, 
whole movie, like my cousin Vinny, right? <laughs> About all that stuff. So, That's uh, a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> they could have uh, ended that early. Both of those boys in tech tests. And exactly, they right? It. If they had your technology, everybody would be at home. And, uh, and then we'd be <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Callow wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be known. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should say the test. Yeah, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said if they gave the youth the test. The youths, yes, the youths. Yeah, youths. Yeah, of that movie. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, so give me some more examples or, or um, case studies here of, of how this technology was used and uh, became helpful. Um. Well, I know there was a case in the United States. I think I'm not sure I, I made a mention of it. But I didn't really talk about it. Where um, uh, twenty five thousand dollars worth of jewelry was missing, mm-hmm. and uh, it was mom's jewelry that was missing. And there was only two kids in the house at the time, and mom and dad just talked to him and talked to him, and the kids would not admit that they had done anything or took the jewelry. They just wouldn't admit it. Right. So the parents called a private investigator in and he talked to him he investigated he talked to the two kids and he couldn't get them to crack either i mean these kids would not admit to anything so okay he said let's put them on the eye detect and we'll we'll see how it goes there and these kids were like 11 and 15 and uh one of the kids admitted i mean one of the kids passed it and the other one failed it and as soon as the kid failed it became emotional broke down and then told his parents where the jewelry was Um, and that, that, uh, kind of kept it in house, I guess that, that, you know, the mom and dad knew they weren't burglarized. It was just one of the kids that had taken it and, uh, and ended the case pretty quickly. So, I mean, that could have been a long drawn out burglary case, you know, who broke into my house and all this and all that. So I got a, um, I got a it, question. How, how does an 11 year old fence jewelry <laughs> to get cash to do whatever? I don't really know why he took it. Cause I didn't read the case that far into it as to yeah. why the kid took the jewelry. I don't know. <laughs> you you got to wonder about that, right? Who's fencing this yeah. stuff? <laughs> yeah. Super interesting, man. Really. Uh, Maybe he, was, he took her, you know, took her jewelry to show he's mad at her. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows why kids do stuff, right? Um, yeah. That's cool. So like, where do you see this technology going in the future in the next few years? Um, what do you, what do you think is going to be the, the next thing that's able to do or the next uh, progressive step with it? Well, they've just combined it with the polygraph so that the polygraph is now totally um, um, automatic. It's, mm-hmm. it, the, the polygraph is done by algorithm now too. So you don't have to have um, somebody go through 10 weeks of polygraph school to basically do the polygraph. And that's integrated into the, I detect too. So that's a new advancement they made recently. Um, I, I see them just getting more and more accurate because that's really the only thing left is the type of questions they can ask and how much more accurate can they be? Because already it's, it's fast. It's much faster than the polygraph. I mean, a single item test, did you hit that person? It takes 15 minutes on an eye detect. It takes about an hour and a half, two hours on a polygraph. Right. And so already faster, much faster um, it's already a little bit um, more accurate, uh, but it's still within the zone of the two being, you know, pretty accurate at the same time. Sure. So I, I see more and more accurate, especially, especially in conjunction with a polygraph. Um, I see more and more agencies, more and more private detective agencies uh, providing both of these technologies at the same time. Because again, when you combine them, uh, you're getting a 99% accuracy rate. And I see that actually kind of entering into court. 
right. I think there's somebody's going to make an argument that, you know, this is 99% accurate. Your Honor, how, could, how can the jury not hear this? Let them make the decision on, on how much weight to give it. But, it, but it's 99% accurate, so they should at least hear it. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that um, all all plays out on that. So um, <clears throat> you had mentioned earlier that you both administer the test and and or, or you sell the or sell the educate people on how to do the test and, and all that. So um, how does that how does that work? Um, I, I remember something like uh, when I was talking to you in Arizona, you, you had mentioned you can buy like a certain number of tests. Um, and uh, right. you can run it. So it, just briefly explain that whole thing. Um, refresh my memory here, how, how that all works. So who is the company that, that makes the, these eye detects? My company is a service partner with them, mm-hmm. a premium service with them. So I have the right to either administer the test to people and charge for it, or I can sell them the test. And so by selling them the test, I sell them the computer with the software and the camera. and teach them how to use that as the proctor and the headphones. I mean, it all comes included in the package, right? But every time you hit the button to sync with the computer in Lehigh, then that requires a license. And so uh, the licensing is in, is an individual thing for each, each test. Each test has a so license, right. Okay. If you don't do very many tests during the year and you buy 20 licenses, that means you can conduct 20 tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each one of those, uh, I, I uh, provide the license so that you can connect with the, with the computer in Lehigh. I provide the machine and I provide the licenses. Right. And so um, I buy them from Converis and then pass them on to the consumer. And uh, I also help them with training, basic training and advanced training. Any questions that they have, if they have a case where they'd like some um some help on it, like, you know, asking the question or what they think might be a good question. Right. Uh, we would provide that, that assistance. Right. Awesome. Um, well, I think we're going to wind down here, man. This has been really fascinating, just really interesting stuff here. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about it. Um, if folks wanted to get a hold of you, if they had some questions or wanted to do a demo or anything like that, how would they get a hold of you? My email is info at w a t v c dot net. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a website, www.watvc.net. Um, and all my contact information is on that. Okay. Emails. Great. I always answer email. Awesome. Uh, well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, you know, being a part of the program here. Uh, it was definitely some fa- fascinating stuff. I mean, I, I took that test there in, in Arizona and, uh, if I beat the machine, you were going to give me 20 bucks. Well, I, I, I didn't win the $20. I'll tell you right now. Uh, yeah. If I may just say, only does the eye dilation. It doesn't do the other 13 things. So that's the, the test at its most basic. Right. And basically, number between two and eight, you wrote it down. You didn't show it to me. And the hook was that you were going to win $20 if you beat the machine. You have to have some sort of skin in the game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because if you don't care if it's the truth or not, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. So you have to have some skin in the game. That's why we offer up the $20. Yep. And... The test uh, you did pretty you did pretty well on answering the questions correctly, and you, you you kept in the the correct distance and all that. So it had good data coming from your eyes. Right. 
it chose your number. Yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible con artist, apparently. All right, so we're going to wind down here. Uh, thank you again so much for uh, for coming on, and thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, next week, we're going to have a show actually on Thursday as opposed to Monday. For uh, We're going to honor veterans. Uh, and again, thank you for serving, Dan. Uh, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, so next Thursday, uh, it, the show will actually be on Veterans Day. It won't be on, on Monday. So That's cool. Uh, but this show here, you're listening to it, it is Monday. So the following show will be on Thursday. So again, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch everybody on the next show. Take care. We want to thank Daniel for coming on and chatting about this new technology. It's amazing how it's progressed in such a short period of time. But that's technology for you. Just a reminder, our show next week will air on Thursday to celebrate and honor Veterans Day. And we also want to thank Crosstracks, Delp Point, Investigation Education Consultants, and NCISS for sponsoring the show. So please support our great supporters. And did you know Investigators Toolbox has an app for Apple and Google? So take a few minutes and check out the website to really help boost your business, your networking, and your research capabilities. Use code PIP201836 and save $20 to join. If you have a question or a comment about the show, just email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. He'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next Thursday with a new show, so make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.